0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and we've got a fantastic interview for you today. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, Today, I'm talking with Greg Gray. Greg is the founder of Gray Solutions, and uh, he's got a business advisory firm, and he's also the host of Business Owner Freedom Podcast. Uh, He's the author of Business Owner Freedom, the book, which is coming out soon and lives with Kim, his wife, and two daughters on a farm in the Nashville area. Um, He and I have spoken a couple of times, was fortunate enough to be a guest on his podcast, and uh, I I can tell you this is going to be probably one of the better conversations we've had because Greg just has some amazing uh, ideas and and ways of thinking about your business that will help create more freedom for you. So, Greg, I'm excited that you're here and I'm really looking forward to today.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm uh, uh, very excited to have this conversation. So thanks for having me.
0: Well, uh, why don't you give everybody just a little bit of, of your background, just so they've got some context uh, around how you've gotten to this stage.
1: Sure. The, the, uh, the long story um, would take a while. So I'll give you the re- really quick version. So if I miss anything, let me know. But um, started out in manufacturing space, was there over 20 years. Uh, ran manufacturing plants and worked in divisions of manufacturers and so forth in the corporate space for quite a long time. And then in 2010, I went out and started a consulting firm along with uh, purchasing another business at the same time uh, for cash flow reasons. But uh, the the main impetus for uh, consulting was to work on leadership and organizational development, which I did. And over the time, over those last 10 years, I've transferred uh, into the small business space a lot more still do a little bit of corporate work, but mostly into the small business sector at this point. And I found that uh, the business owners needed what the corporations were able to afford much easier. And so we, we're putting our emphasis now into the small business market.
0: Well, I, I know it's uh, it's a huge need out there. And, um, you know, we run into it often with the, the types of businesses that we work with. They just, you know, they're entrepreneurial. They get started and, and you sort of are scrappy at the beginning and, and you get a bit further into it and now you need to to kind of up up the game when it comes to to leadership and organizational development and um, and that that can be a tough transition for for folks to make a- as you think back over the you know the course of your career as you built um, and as you built your business what are some of the things that help you stay unstoppable what keeps you going
1: i think there's two strong things one is Uh, The ability to stay uh, vulnerable and introspective on yourself, Uh, your business, your ability to impact others, your influence is only going to be as great as your willingness to explore yourself and change yourself and and grow yourself. So if you have a limitation in your business, it's probably because you as a leader have a limit. And that's something I've learned. I've, I've seen it through a lot of my mentors over time. You know, when you have mentors, some are good mentors, some are bad, but you learn something from both. And that's something I saw. The so, so you have to work on yourself. And I think you have to ask people honestly to critique you and give you impact, impactual conversations to help you shape your life. The, the second thing is kind of dovetails into this, but it's, it's uh, the second piece is you need to be very intentional on your life, on your life plan, and also on your life habits. So, you know, we always look at this long journey that we want to take and have this grand vision at times. And we need that. But along with that is the daily habits that, that support that. So you can have one or both of those, but you, but you have to you have to really tie those together. So your everyday habits end up becoming what you become in actuality. So so you need you need the honest feedback and then you gotta deal with that honest feedback on a daily habitual way.
0: I, I love that word uh, intentional and I think it's a powerful word and, and one we don't I don't think we use nearly Frequently enough, um, mm-hmm. you know, as you as you approach kind of building those habits, it's funny. I see, I see business owners all the time. They they just sort of get caught up in the the, the raging river of business, and it's flowing past, and they just get swept away in the busyness and all of that. and And I think a lot of that intentionality is missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you're working with your clients, is that something that you have to kind of you know, suck them out of, pull them out?
1: Oh, it's an incredible amount of uh, of pull in their life that's going the wrong direction many times. And it's honorable what they're doing. I mean, some of them are working 70 hours a week, 80 hours a week, doing a lot of work. But what we find is that efficiency, the effectiveness of that work goes way down once you get past a certain period of time. I'm not going to give you an exact hours because it, you know, it depends on the person, but uh, I know myself, if I work 12 hour days, five days a week, that fifth day, I'm probably not doing very well. And I'm surely not resting and, and, and thinking smartly through each day. So the the amount of hours you put in does not equate to success. And yet a lot of people, you know, they, they think that they, especially in the corporate world that you kind of get applauded for doing the extra stuff. Um, and so when we go into a, a small business and let me describe what a small business is real quick. It could be anything from a million in revenue up to 50 million. So some of these are relatively good sized businesses, but in, a, in the scheme of things are very small uh, from a corporate standpoint. So you walk in, they may have 30, 40, even a hundred employees. And the business owner is still working in the business and not on the business. And so we see this trap over and over again. And it, it's exactly what we have to attack when we first walk in is Is the business owner's mindset that they actually can let go of that. We have all the tools to help them let go of that and put systems and processes in place. That's the easy part. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's the easy part. The hard part is getting their mind around the idea that that should happen and they have the right to do that um, as the business owner.
0: Why do you think that is is such a difficult, you know, bridge for them to cross? I. I I see it all the time, but you're working with them. Why do they see that as a barrier?
1: Well, from my experiential uh, knowledge, it comes from two or three different areas. Number one is that's the way they were trained. Um, we all go through school and it, we, we rise or fell in our test scores and the amount of effort we put in and those type of things. And don't get me wrong, my wife's a teacher and I believe in education, so I'm not putting a school system down. But I think we need to balance that with, the idea of what true success is and how you can be effective and leverage things. So we are raised that way. And sometimes it's our family. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, our dads or our, our moms that push us to work hard and say, we know I got to work hard, do something constructive. You hear these phrases over and over again as you grow up. So that's the first place it starts. Then we get into the the business world, corporate wherever. And, and then we're applauded by, you know, we're the one that comes in on Saturday morning when everybody else stays home. And so all of a sudden we get the promotion. So we're, we're incentivized to do those things, and we get the pay on the back. We get to go play golf with the VP above us because we're the one staying after six o'clock every night. And then, and then it becomes an ego problem because you tie all that to ego and the incentive incentives that drive your ego, your know, titles and money and all these things. And then you kind of get in this mind trap, if you will. Um, and then if you go out and start your own business, you've got that mentality. It's built within you. Um, some people go out and start their own business right out of school, but they still fall in that trap because they had to start at the beginning, doing the multiple hat thing we talk about. You know, they have to do everything, and so as it grows, they can't let go because their their worth is tied to that. You know, some people truly, honestly want fires in their business; they would never say that, but they want it subconsciously because they can go put the fire out now. They're the hero, and so it becomes this uh, almost this dopamine kick when we go through these. Uh, periods of time where we have to solve things or run hundred miles an hour. We think, man, I got, I got a lot of, done, of work done today because I'm exhausted. Well, and actually you weren't very effective, but you did do a lot of work and we we misconstrue those things. And so when we walk in and talk to them about that, it, it you have to unravel these psychological traps many times.
0: Yeah. I, it's, it, it's just so interesting to observe folks from the outside who are trapped in that. And it's, I think it's very easy to see from the outside, I think all of us are always at some some stage on the spectrum of are we working in the business or are we working on the business? And I don't even like I almost don't like that description anymore because it's been mm-hmm. used so much since you know since the e myth came out. I, I I see it more as you're either you know working in the business producing or you're you're creating the business and the business is the product that you're working on.
1: Yes, I uh, agree.
0: You know, and it, and it just elevates the work you're doing to just to, do, it's, it's ultimately you're producing the same results, but you're you're elevated and you're creating at a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's, it, it, it's just so challenging to figure out and be aware enough to say, I'm at this level and I'm, you know, on the spectrum and I'm trying to go a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you think about... The times you you've gone in where where do you begin to have that conversation and and talk to a business owner who is maybe neck deep in um, in the business and moving them that first little step? What are some of the first places that you generally will look to to move them?
1: Well, I described them what you just said, and and I, I'm I'm with you that the working on versus in has been overused, and so we say it, and it doesn't have the impact it used to have, but. Um, I like to use, either, are you thinking strategically or are you working tactically? Because that's really what we're talking about here. And, and I'll ask the business owner, you know, how much time did you spend the last two weeks? Let's think about your last two weeks. Walk me through what you've done the last two weeks. And they'll start, well, I, you, know, I, you know, they'll start him and hawing because they know what I'm getting at. And i say, okay, how much, how many hours out of those 60 you worked last week and the 60 you worked the week before, how many of those hours were strategic? And it'll maybe, maybe two hours, maybe if we're lucky, it's two hours. So everything else is tactical in nature. Well, I had to go, I had to go talk to this customer. I had to go, you know, run this sales call. I had to go, you know, they, they start telling me all this stuff. And then I had one, uh, one business owner pretty large company uh, in Nashville that we're working with. He told me about three weeks ago, he said, yeah, all this stuff is good in theory. And I, right then, as soon as he said that, I went, okay, this is going to be, we're going to have to take the chisel out and start chipping away some of the stone here because he's already discounting what I'm telling him because he said it's theories, but it doesn't work here. And I've heard that over and over and over. Our business is different. If I could, if I had a hundred dollars for every time somebody told me my business is different, I wouldn't have to do any more coaching, but <laughs> <it> would, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's amazing how everybody is unique and, but, but none are. And so that's the first place you have to do is, is start chipping away and let them see how much time they're really spending strategically versus tactically. And, and the way we do that sometimes is I'll walk them through and say, okay, now when you started this business, you were basically a technician, right? And they like, what do you mean? I said, well, you knew how to do the technical work, whether it's plumbing or HVAC or construction or whatever it is. You knew how to do the technical stuff. They're like, well, yeah, that's how I started. Okay, then at some point you rose up and became a business owner because you started hiring people. That's correct. That's well, now we're trying to take you from being a business owner to being a CEO and hire somebody to do that ownership type work, you know, hire a general manager, whoever, whatever you'll call it. And let's, let's instill you into the CEO seat where you can do strategic work and look out in the future and invest in your business and get time away to think. And they're like, oh, so that's what CEOs do. That's, that's what CEOs do. They're, they're thinking strategically. They're, they're trying to go move the dial for the business in the future. They're not living every day in the present. And that's the difference.
0: It's it's a huge distinction, and Mm. and as you have that that conversation, I mean, do you get buy-in fairly quickly as you're talking? Because I can just see that business owner who's kind of holding on to the idea that this is all good in theory, and not being able to connect the dots between well, what do I do tomorrow that's going to be different that's going to move me closer Mm. to this picture of freedom that you just described? Because they probably want the picture of freedom, right? They they're Mm. clear that. I'd love to have the time off, love to be able to think, love to be able to act strategically, but I got this dumpster fire in front of me.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, we 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 require, and when I say require, I mean, we won't work with a client unless they do this. We require them to fill out a vision story, very first thing in the engagement. So we have these general conversations, you know, before they hire us about where they want to go. But then we go, okay, now you got to fill out the vision story. And a vision story is not just, oh, I want to make this kind of profit. I mean, that's in there, but there's it's a lot more to it. It's, okay, I'd really want to take this much time off with my family in the future versus what I'm doing today. Or this, I really want to be able to do this or that versus what I'm doing today. This is what I want our culture of our company to look like versus what it is today. You know, we, there's, there's several things there that we go through and we spend a really amount good amount of detailed time on that and flesh that vision story out. And once they flesh that out, now, the question's a lot simpler. It's like, so why wouldn't you want to do that? I'm going to show you how to do that versus, you know, it's just theory and you need to move in the CEO seat. No, no, now it's like, Oh, to make this happen. That's what you got to do. Do you want to make this happen? And I have yet to anybody go, no, I fleshed all that out and I really don't want that to happen. So I'm not going to change it. it, it they're basically arguing with himself at that point saying, well, you know, I just laid this thing out. Why wouldn't I want to do that? Does that make sense?
0: Completely, yeah. So I guess I guess the answer to uh, to your your client that said this is all just theory was do your vision statement and then let's talk.
1: Yeah, we, we walked right through it, and he's bought in now. And there was in that situation in that particular situation there was actually multiple owners, and the other ones were looking at going, "Hey, wait a minute, this is where we're going. This we we we've decided this is the where we're going to hit." And they pick the time frame. It's usually three to six years. This is where we're going to be in three years. Why would we not do that? We just said we were going to do that. It's what we wanted to do. <laughs> so we can't look at this as theory. We got to go try it now. And then once they try it and they and they start going down that path, they realize, oh, this stuff does work. It's not easy. I mean, it takes a lot of work, but it, the mindset starts, and then and then everything goes from there.
0: Well, you know, it, I know one of the things we're going to talk about is systems and processes and all of that. We've actually been going through uh, a whole. Slew of documentation inside our own firm, and it's a ton of work. I think I've worked more uh, (laughs) trying to get that done, along with everything else, over the last two or three weeks than uh, you know than I probably had in the the previous two months. Just because it takes it, sometimes it takes that little bit of extra energy to move things off, right? But when you're doing it with a vision in mind, I think it makes it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. I mean, do your clients experience that? They see this sort of you know, they're out there and they go, Oh, wow.
1: Yes. I've got, I've got one right now that, that I talked to just last week and, and uh, they were expressing exactly what you said. They're like, my goodness, we're in the process creation phase and that's a lot of work, isn't it? And I said, yeah. And it's not, you know, uh, what we call MMA. It's not money-making activity, at least not direct. I mean, you're not going to go, man, at the end of the day, look at what I, what I created. But I told them indirectly, it is money-making activity, especially for the business owner, because, what you're doing is you're setting your business up uh, in a couple of ways. Number one is to be, you know, you can take extended vacation and things run without you. Number two, you're gonna be more efficient because once you get your processes documented and then you get through a continuous process of reviewing them, you're gonna find ways to make them more efficient. I can guarantee you that, which is something we preach about uh, to our clients. And then number three is, if you ever wanna sell your business, your multiple's gonna go up because you can hand them an operating system for your business. If you walk, if somebody walks in your business, tries to buy it, and there's no operating system, they're basically you're just buying the idea of the business because it's all in your head. And so, and so your, 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 uh, your ability to sell the business goes up and your ability to, to require more uh, revenue for that business goes up as well. So there's kind, of a, there's kind of a three factor there that's really important, not to mention all the little what I call the tier two stuff, which is your employees are more engaged because they know what to do now. Your training goes up because now you have something to train to. Your onboarding process can be a lot cleaner and easier because you hand them the processes they're going to be using. It just just helps a lot of things in the business.
0: Yeah, and and I'll tell you the thing that we've found because we've uh, we've documented some key areas here recently and then hired people Hmm. to fill those roles. And I, I feel like we've been able to attract better people because we've been able to say very early on in the process, here's what you're going to be doing. I mean, I've actually had people comment, like this is the most well-organized thing I've ever seen. And I don't know that it is or it isn't, but at least we're uh, appearing as though we've thought through this. Right. Yes. And, and so it's, it's, I think it's helping us attract better people, which is critical yeah. right now. I mean, with, with the way the labor market is.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent. And you have to do everything in your power to get the best people you can get no matter what the labor market is, but especially right now. And I mean, a players are going to go where a players are. And, and if eight players are attracted to, you know, organization and structure, which they are, they're going to flock to a company and they're going to start talking about a company that does those things. If they go somewhere that doesn't seemingly have it together, they may not stay. It, it becomes very frustrating because you hear the the phrases in the, you know, around the water cooler of, you know, I don't know really what they want. Or I'm not sure exactly what they want from me. And I don't, you know, they're thinking in their mind, I don't know how to win here. I don't, I don't know what success is here because, one day they say this, the next day they say that. I'm not sure which one counts because it's not written down. It's not clear. But if it's clear, if it's in a role and responsibility for their job, if it's in a process that they're uh, they're following, it's very clear. Yeah,
0: it becomes easy easier for them, and I I think easier for you as the the leader mm-hmm. to manage. Mm-hmm. So so we've talked a little bit. I mean, we're, we we started off with the the idea of of. Uh, business owner freedom, which is the name of your, of your podcast and the name of your upcoming book, and I, I love that that title because that's why we all got into business, right? Absolutely, that's the promise of entrepreneurship. If you're going to take the risk, at least you ought to get the reward of of uh, having freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we we talked about that concept. We've talked about um, you know how you go and create the vision mm-hmm. with your clients, which is probably the key first step, I think.
1: Oh, it has to be. Without that, you don't know where you're going. I mean, it, if you go back in time and read anything that in history, every good project, every good ending started with a clear vision. Um, not saying you couldn't get there without a clear vision, but it's, it's going to take you a lot longer. It's going to cost you a lot more money. And it's going to take you a lot more energy. And you, and you may not even get where you thought you wanted to be. But with a clear vision, now you have something to speak to and speak into constantly with your team. And, um, you know, that, that's one of the things that I learned through my corporate venture was you set a vision and then you then you, you preach about it every day. You, you keep driving everything in the business towards that vision. And, you know, and of course, part of that is your mission statement, and your core values. Those have to support it, too. But if everything's pointed in that one direction, you got a good chance of getting there.
0: I, and then I think that's a really good point. You've got to just do this over and over and over again. You've got to continue to to beat that drum. So, mm-hmm. so we started with the vision. I want to take a quick break, and I want to come back, and then I want to kind of break this down into the next couple of steps that folks need to know, so that that when they walk away from from listening to this, they've in their mind they can at least formulate a a plan forward. So we're gonna be right back with more from Greg Gray. thanks so much now back to the interview welcome back everyone this is Steve Gordon and I'm talking with Greg Gray and, and Greg we, we left off uh, kind of summarizing the path to freedom starting with vision starting with the you know the moving into the, the need to communicate that vision over and over and over again and so as you know if, if you were consulting with the business owner that's listening to us today. Mm-hmm. And they they sat down and they they laid out their vision and they're beginning to communicate this within their team. Where do you take them from there? What's the next step?
1: Well, the, the next step is obvious. Is okay as as somebody that's working for you, what do I do for that vision? So I, I see your vision. You want to be at X revenue in even three years, and you want to have you know this kind of culture. So what does that what does that do for me? So that's where we uh, help the business owner figure out what their big rocks are. We use the term big rocks and we think, okay, let's pick the next two or three big rocks you're going to work on. What are the things you're going to do to move the dial in this business towards that vision? And so we take those big rocks and it may be a marketing uh, project that you got to work on, something you're doing marketing, or it may be something in operations, or it could be something in, you know, the sales in the field, but whatever it is, we break those down and we get, we, we walk them through a strategic uh, exercise it may take a couple of days to go through a strategy session and come out with those okay here's the three next big rocks we got to work on then we take those and break it down into what role is going to do what by when so we get very actionable and at that point you can assign those responsibilities to your people you get buy-in from them you walk through where you're trying to go why they're going to do what they're going to do you don't just assign it to them and walk away and get them involved help them get really a deep understanding of where you're headed and why, what they're going to do is going to get you there and, you know, get the buy-in and then you put measurables in place to say, okay, how are we going to measure, and make sure we're meeting those objectives. So are you going to meet every week and talk about, you know, where you're at, what the milestones are, are you going to meet monthly? What, you know, set all that up to where you can get a really uh, strong cohesive action plan from the lowest level of the organization all the way up to the top where the vision is being cast. And we recommend most of the time we do these what we call 90 day sprints or a 90 day plan because each quarter is pretty strong. So if you, if you look every three months, you know, you've got a chance of really making some good progress. If you stretch it for a whole year and if you've ever read the book, The 12 Week Year, it kind of comes from that premise. It's the same kind of premise. Uh, I learned this when I was doing uh, uh, training for endurance events years ago is you, you can't do everything all at once, but you can do some things really strong for a period of time called periodization. And then you change that and you shift to something else. So we help them set it up that way from a strategic plan into an action plan.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm listening to you and I I'm thinking about the experiences that I've had with, with business owners. And sometimes they have, there's a difficulty, I think, in, in connecting the dots between the vision and, and those big rocks Mm -hmm. of all of, and, and, you know, maybe it's a a challenge of discernment of figuring out which ones to to pick. Sometimes I I think there's just this, this challenge right there. When you work with a a client of yours, how do you help them kind of focus in and and choose? Well, these are the few. And I, Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me, I think the fact that you've limited it to, to just a few is is important. I see a lot of folks trying to do too much. Can you talk a little bit about that process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we have a very specific process we have when we go through strategic planning. And, and I'll just throw out some of the tools that people may have heard. Uh, a lot of these are things that, you know, thrown out in the corporate space, but we do what's called a SWOT analysis, which is you know, strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. And we walk through that process. And when you get done with that, you have a pretty good idea of, uh, some of the direction you need to go. And then we'll go through some other tools where we'll weight each of the items by, you know, uh, the resources required, the, the gain that's going to be had because of it, you know, how many people are going to have to be involved, what the cost is, and those kind of things. Because sometimes something you could go after is going to cost too much for the, for the gain you're going to get compared to another project. So we help uh, prioritize the, the, the big rocks, if you will, by which ones we're going to get first because if something is takes a low input, but you're going to get a high output, of course you're going to do that one first. That's no brainer. If something takes high you know, high input, but low output, you're going to do that one last unless there's a strategic reason you got to do one. And that's a whole different discussion. And we'll go through that sometimes. But your, your point's correct. A lot of times a business owner sitting in their office, they don't feel like they can go just talk to their team about it because it, now it shows that they're like, okay, I, I can't make a decision. I don't know where we're going. They talk to the team, about the team, you know, they're going to do what most human nature people are going to do, right? We're going to go choose what's best for me, not the business necessarily. So then you get, you get conflicting information where somebody like myself walks in unbiased objector. I only care about one thing. Are you doing the right three things? That's the best for the business, not you as an individual, not this person over here is an individual, but for the business. And so we help them walk through those tools and, once they get done, you can almost see a sigh of relief in it, and their shoulders are lighter because they're like, okay, now I know exactly what we got to do. They leave out of there and they go next 90 days, this is what we're doing. And they, they know they have a clear direction. And that's really what a business owner wants. Sometimes they just, I just wish somebody would tell me what I need to do. And if they tell me I go do it. Well, it's all in their head. It's all in their business. We just help them pull that out and make, make sense of it all.
0: Folks, what you heard just there is, uh, I think, probably the the best case I've ever heard uh, for having somebody that um, that you pay to come in and and look at this stuff, kind of look over your shoulder, uh, call it what you want, you know, having a coach that can look at your backswing, whatever it is, but having somebody come in and and really be able to give you that that unbiased opinion. I, you know, I've hired advisors all, uh, all throughout my career, Greg, and I, I've, I've always told them, okay, your title is paid pain in the ass. <laughs> okay? You're here, your only purpose here, and the only way you earn your money is to tell me the things that nobody else is going to tell me.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: and I think it's critical to have that role. I mean, to, if you're going to make any kind of progress, it's almost like you need that um, – it's almost like the resistance if you're weight training, you know, it's so that, that little bit of pushback on your ideas to help you really see where the big opportunities are and, and having that outside view, I think is, is essential.
1: It's critical, but it's critical in two areas. I think it's one is strategic, what we just talked about, what we outlined. The other is in your leadership, you know, I witness a lot of leaders while I'm going through this process and I find cues where their leadership, uh, is off-center somewhat and I'm very blunt on that I'll do that in front of their team obviously we do those one-on-one but I mean it's the same thing you have to have some somebody that's unbiased willing to tell you okay here's your blind spots I'm seeing these as a leader you're doing some things that you need to be aware of that you may not even know and so when you take those two things in combination you can see a lot of gain and a lot of trust built within an organization very quickly.
0: So you know, we talked a little bit about leadership up front. You mentioned it again there. As you're working with a client, I mean, that's got to be one of the more difficult things that you do is having to to kind of pull them aside and say, oh, you know, here's a, a, a blind spot that you have. As you do that, do you find that there's there's resistance to that from your clients?
1: Yeah, I mean, there there's a, a natural resistance. I wouldn't call it, uh, un, you know, Unfair resistance. I mean, once in a while you may have one of those, but it's just typical um, what I call survival instinct, because when somebody starts telling you enough stuff, that's that's pretty hard to hear. I mean, you can only process so much so fast. And so one of the things I've learned to do over my career and what we try to do when we're uh, counseling and, and coaching one of these owners is, is to feather that in in a way that they can accept it and understand it. Um, One of the processes we do when we go into, much like the strategic plan, we we actually do what's called a 360 review for a business. So uh, whether there's one owner or multiple owners, whatever it might be, we'll go in and interview each owner. We'll go interview each person that reports to the owners, all the key positions, whether they're ownership or not. And we'll create a report and say, here's the the real culture of the business. You may think it's X, but we're finding out it's really Y. There's some things here you don't know. Those are, those are the things that once they're fleshed out, they can do something with. So whether they want to hear it or not, they have to hear it because it's real. I mean, they may have A players leaving and they don't know why. They think it's one thing, so they start raising pay. And it's, pay has nothing to do with it. It's somebody's attitude in leadership that they need to address. Or maybe it's some unfair thing that they've done in the past that they haven't you know cleared up they so, when we go through these things, again, that's where the unbiased objector is. I just want them to know the truth because once you know the truth, you can do something with it. yeah, I think
0: that that's that's the key. I mean, I see folks I don't I, I, I guess some of the business owners we've worked with in the past, we've had to get to a point where we we have those frank conversations. I think a lot of times business owners, particularly if they're experienced, they they're at a point where they've, figured out how to tell themselves the truth. But you see this all over. I mean, until you really deal with the issue and get it out, it's, uh, you know, it, it's very difficult to, to solve it and, and understand what the true issue is. There's all, often layers to it. Yes, there so yes. we, is. We've talked about a, a, a number of different stages here, but the, the one we've only really touched on, but haven't, haven't gone into deep is the one that everybody dreads. That's the systems and the processes and the documentation and getting all of that done. And we talked a little bit about it, but this is the one area where I know like this sends business owners running for the (laughs) door. Can you talk us through a little bit about how, how you will work with a business to get everything documented and do it without killing the owner in the process?
1: Absolutely so one of the one of the i'll call it a module that we go through that we we teach and we we address is a delegation module and we do that before we do systems and processes because one of the things we want to do is we want to find some extra time some extra energy in the organization to be able to work on this because if you just throw it on their desk. Now they're like, I'm already working these hours. When am I going to do this? Which is probably what your experience is. Like, I guess I'm going to have to work on it on Saturday morning. I'm going to work on processes. And that's one one way to do it. And, and sometimes you have to do it that way. But uh, what we try to do is alleviate you know, 10 or 20% of, of a leader's time and maybe some of their key manager's times too by delegating some stuff and moving some stuff around and maybe outsourcing, whatever it might be. And I'm not talking major critical stuff. I'm just talking about things that are busy work there's a lot of busy work that leaders do that like they really don't have to do that um, and so that's the first thing we do is go through a delegation process and then when we start digging into processes and systems we we make sure we look at it from a people agnostic standpoint so the very first thing we do is we identify what are all the processes in the business because if you don't know you can't address these things and we we create all those processes and then we create roles and responsibilities to all those processes so What's is this process going to be done by one role, or can this role do multiple processes? So, just assume you've got all the all the processes identified, not created, but identified. You got all the roles and responsibilities identified, and we start creating those because those are pretty easy to knock out pretty quick. And then we can create a what we call a process roadmap from that, and so, okay, this process roadmap kind of fits onto a in, onto a page nicely, and it kind of looks like an org chart when we're done. So we're basically doing an org chart without the people's names. We're doing a people agnostic org chart, which is basically a process roadmap. And then what we do is go, who's best to do each one of these processes? Who's the who's the person that knows this process better than anybody? Because that's the person that probably should document it, the person that's doing it. And so we just start there and start dividing and conquering. and say, who's gonna do what by when? And we assign all the processes to be created by a certain time. Now, for some businesses, they elect to go into what we call document control system which is you document all the processes the same they all have rev levels and numbers on it so you can put them in an intranet or somewhere and anybody can find them at any time which i highly recommend and then we have a a process where every so often as a process comes up for renewal say a year later two years later it's it's renewed again or reviewed again and you have a checkoff system where it's not just one person looking at the process. You have somebody that creates it and then somebody has to check it off and sign it off. So it's a, it's kind of like signing a check twice, right? Kind of check and balances, if you will. And, and so once those are all assigned and they're starting to create the processes, we suggest just hammer them out as quick as you can. They don't have to be perfect. Get them as close to reality as what's happening in the process because we're going to have to review them anyway. And it's the review process where you really tighten them up and find out, okay, we didn't capture everything here. And one simple way to do that is if you have a process in your business that I don't use, hand it to me and can I do it? Can I can I follow it? If I can't, then it's not solid enough. The other thing we recommend, and, and this is something that a lot of businesses are doing now, is we'll tell them to create a video. Video the process. So if, say, the process is on the computer whatever, we, we recommend, you know, use Loom. And they'll take that hyperlink and put it right in that process. So when they pull it up, somebody can pull the video up and watch it because some people are visual learners, some are auditory, and some like to read. And and so you kind of cover everybody's uh, method of learning there by having a video and a written document, if that makes sense.
0: That makes complete sense. And we use a lot of video as well. One of the things I found with it is as someone is documenting a process in video, they're they're going to say things that if you just put down the bullet point list of steps, you know, they might not capture, but they might comment on some of the nuance of it, which I think is, is um, really valuable to have captured
1: somewhere. Yeah. And we've actually had one client, they just did the videos and then had them transcribed for the, for the process and then just kind of cut it up and cut and pasted for the process. So there's a lot of ways to get there quick. I mean, one of the simple ways is is people are doing the work, just have them documented. And then now you got the process, so. Yeah,
0: so it doesn't have to be on your plate. You know, if you're listening to this thinking like, uh, you know, when, when am I gonna have time to do this? It really shouldn't be on your plate as the CEO, but you need to determine Correct. how it's gonna get done and, and probably identify what the processes are that mm-hmm. need to be documented. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, that that's fantastic. So, um, so, Tell us just a, a little bit about your book, and uh, and uh, I would love for you to to share where folks can can look you up and find out more and tune into your podcast and get all the great sure. resources you got, Greg.
1: Absolutely. Well, like I said, the business on freedom book, it has a lot of what we just talked about in there, and, and then some. So it starts off and goes through your life plan, and then it take, tells you how to go through your vision story for your business. Then it goes through the the middle chapters. Go through the, what I call the three P's of business, which is the people, the processes, and the planning. Uh, that's that's the three keys right there. I mean, you got to have those three to really have a business. And then and then it goes into um, leadership and and strategic planning and the things we just talked about. So it really walks you through from start to finish uh, what you have to do to to build a business of freedom. And there's a few stories in there and so forth. But it is what these clients are following and what we're coaching them through, literally. It's, it's actually the plan for it. So um, it's a, it'll be a pretty good tool to, to get people started in the right direction, I believe. Um, they can go to businessownerfreedom.com, and there's a place there that you can get on the waiting list for the book, and if you sign up for that on the waiting list, there's actually a couple of bonuses that'll come, come along with the waiting list that won't, you won't be able to get any other way, and they're gonna be pretty good. And I'm not gonna ask what they are yet, but they're, they're gonna be pretty special. And um, And so if somebody's interested right now, in um, in learning more about getting their vision story done, because that's what we talked about. And that's what you have to start with. You can go to businessonafreedom dot forward slash my vision, and you'll get the uh, steps for the vision story that you can start playing with right now.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's a, a first step that everybody listening ought to go take, um, and and go do that now. Give yourself the the permission to take a little time. Go get a cup of coffee somewhere, and just go through that exercise. Um, I guarantee you, you're going to get tremendous benefit out of just doing that little bit of thinking. So mm-hmm. uh, Greg, that's really generous. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and uh, and uh, I know you've got a great podcast um, I, and I was fortunate enough to be invited to to be yes. a guest. Where can, where can folks listen to your podcast?
1: Well, they can, you know, any podcast player, pretty much iTunes and PodCoin, and I Heart and all those places, but also you can go to businessunderfreedom.com and each episode's put there into a blog post and they can listen to it there and, and get a little bit more, uh, show notes right there as well.
0: Excellent. Well, we'll link all that up in uh, the show notes for this episode. So if you're driving, don't worry, we, we've got you covered. Um, Greg, Thank you so much, it's been a pleasure to connect with you and uh, you shared some great stuff today.
1: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: This episode of the Unstoppable CEO Podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting and it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you and it's end-to-end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage, a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net, right on the homepage. Look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.